You're listening to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we talk to some of the smartest entrepreneurs and fastest growing brands on the market today. I'm your host, Laurel Mintz, a reformed corporate M&A attorney who founded award-winning LA-based marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We've elevated some of the world's biggest brands from Facebook, Paw Patrol, and Verizon to innovative startups you haven't even heard of yet. Are you ready to elevate your brand? Keep listening. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mintz, and I'm joined today by Jessica Young, who is the founder and CEO of Bubble Goods. Jessica, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So let's get into the bubble. What is the Bubble Goods? We are building a platform for the very best of health and wellness brands to ship direct-to-consumer all across the U.S. So think Etsy for health food um, is sort of how we like to describe ourselves. What I love about the platform that you've built is that it's not it's not just about the goods itself. So you really have this tech enablement piece. Um, and I know before we went live, we were chatting a bit about the new backends and the front end that's launching top of next year. Share with us a little bit about the technology that you built to support these amazing brands. Yeah, so we're in the middle of a, a lot of development. Up until about a few months ago, um, we, you know, had a, a lot of handholding to get brands on the platform. So I would mm-hmm. say similar to like early Airbnb days, you know, we were taking photographs of the brand products to get them on. We wanted a really cohesive experience for customers that were shopping on Bubble. Um, not to really feel disconnected with, you know, all the different brands they were shopping and for it to feel, you know, kind of rinky-dink. We wanted a really nice brand experience. Um, so you mean. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A really, really uh, put together UI. So um, we did a lot of handholding in the early days to get off the ground with the platform. And that now has all changed. So, a, a, you know, a, a big lift for us was last year over COVID. We had thousands of brands join our wait list who want to sell, you know, with a lot of shutdowns, grocery stores, um, sure. not wanting to take on new brands. A lot of these younger, um, what we call our sweet spot, small and mid-tier brands that were innovating, wanting to, you know, get in customers' hands and mouths and stomachs, um, (laughs) couldn't really uh, get into stores, much less figure out how to sell online, which is exactly where we come in uh, with our platform. Uh, We understand, you know, the end consumer, we can sell, you know, our our pitch is that we can sell your product better than you can kind of online as a, as a collective um, and then get that basket size up where, you know, the average product that has four or five SKUs is trying to sell online, can't really bridge that gap with the end consumer. So uh, yeah, so so we we invested a lot in the technology of the back end of our platform to get brands on, easily sync their inventory, educate them on what product photos, for example, sell, everything like that to make it really seamless to get up online selling really within the week now of submitting your samples, getting approved. Um, everything on Bubble is vetted for clean label which is also something to note about our brand. Um, Clean label has to taste good, has to be packaged professionally. Um, We don't 
different than like an Etsy play. We don't <laughs> um, promote or sell products that are, you know, as mom and pop as um, some, something on Etsy. So uh, all food products do need to be professionally manufactured. Uh, we have a ton of products that come out of incubator kitchens, uh, commissary kitchens, you know, again, people that are getting off the ground with their their food business um, and looking to sell online, which is where we know the consumer is looking for health food is. Well, especially in this day and age, I think uh, COVID was probably an accelerant to you in a really positive way. Um, as you said, you know, a lot of brands, especially in the F&B uh, CPG space, their whole goal is to get people to try their products. And we weren't going into markets or which we were, we were covered head to toe. And so it wasn't like we were sampling or anything. So I would imagine for new products that had recently launched and were really trying to get in the hands of their consumers, it was an incredibly challenging time and you provided a solution platform for that. So um, can you share with us the, the, the amount of growth that you've had in the last 12 months? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say we were COVID ready. Um, <laughs> Nobody we went, was, let's be honest. <laughs> no, we, um, unfortunately, I wish we had a little, you know, a few more ducks in a row at that time. Um, no, I went into COVID myself and a few, you know, just a few colleagues. Um, again, very, you know, MVP of our platform, handholding, um, just getting off the ground. Um, and then we kind of exited with a massive wait list and a laundry list of what was needed for tech development. So um, one of the biggest moves we made was my former colleague at Daily Harvest, Savraj Singh, uh, came on as CTO. He served as CTO at Daily Harvest, came on board at Bubble, and has has rehauled the platform. So for, first item on the chopping block was really that um, gateway for brands to onboard, yeah. get vetted, bubble approved, and then get up and online and selling as soon as possible, see the sales, get their shipping labels, get orders out the door. Um, so we hit the ground running with him earlier this year in, in January. Um, and now the focus for the platform is really on the um, consumer side, the brand uh, platform in, in its its state right now, kind of like that open gateway um, launched about a month ago. And oh, wow. so we're onboarding brands left and right. It's a little overwhelming with you know, <laughs> holiday season. So I'm like yes, kind right of now. fried at the moment. Um, yeah. We have brands flying and then we kind of have um, actually a whole new consumer experience uh, launching in the new year. So it, as a customer, it'll be much easier to discover, shop, filter by lifestyle. Are you vegan, paleo? Are you shopping for yourself or family? Um, how how can you educate yourself on these products you may not have an affinity to or, or, or know? Like, you know, speaking to brand, right? We are a platform built on independent labels. People really haven't heard of these brands. Right. And then there's Bubble. We ourselves are a new brand. So we kind of have this complex of how do we educate, you know, the consumer and also the brand community. We have two sides that we go after to like talk about our brand. Um, you know, the value proposition to brands, value proposition to consumers. And then at the same time, like growing those, those two sides, but making it really easy and frictionless for those two to connect. Uh, but for us as a new brand, lots of education. And then for the brands on our platform, we're really investing a lot in product pages, collection pages, to like mm -hmm. make those products pop. So everything from you know, brand videos, 
uh, founders talking about their products we found does really well at our social media. So we're looking to integrate that um, on site as well for that experience um, because we feel like the brand founders can tell the story the best. You may sure, not. And people buy from people ultimately. Yeah. Right? They love to see right. what they're consuming in, in, the, in the face of the founder and know that they're buying from a, a human being. I think that's something real, that's been really positive that's come out of this experience is that people are willing to try new brands. They're not as brand loyal. And there's actually been quite a few studies that have shown that. So timing wise, I think you're spot on. Um, and of course, category wise as well. This, these are the kinds of brands that a younger demographic is interested in um, supporting. Um, another thing I wanted to unpack before we talk about the actual branding side, because you, you alluded to that a, a little bit already, mm-hmm. is that you you really just jumped in with an MVP. Can you speak to or share with our audience why it's so important to just go for it and not be a perfectionist founder? Totally. We And we also, I mean, I try to not be that myself. I've, I've had success with that in my career, but we actually see that all the time with brands launching on Bubble. We see a ton of people applying with products, but they won't yet get on because they're, they're redoing the packaging, they're redoing the labels, and they sort of get in this iteration fatigue almost mm-hmm, where sure. nothing ever goes to market. And I'm sure as you know, um, even if you come up with something completely perfect in your mind, you put it in the world, you're still going to get feedback. You're still going to, you know, realize, oh my gosh, my label's a bit crooked on the packaging. Nothing's ever perfect, even when you think it is. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, get, we always advise, look, get your product up as soon as possible, get some real time feedback, get some sales, then start investing in higher level packaging, full campaign work, grow your community, ask for advice along the way. Um, you know, whether it's us or music to my ears that yeah. sell on bubble. Yeah. It's yeah. so important, especially on a platform like this, because it sounds like you've done, or it's obvious that you've done so much work on the back end, which means you're also tracking a ton of data per product, per page, per everything. So to your point, you know, being perfectionist in terms of the visual identity of a brand Okay, fine. I kind of understand that. But the truth is, get it up there, get some data behind it, and then you can start making decisions because otherwise you're actually spending money on things you don't know for a fact. You haven't had any data behind whether your consumer actually wants or gives a shit about any of that, you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. We do it internally. You know, a topic that came up on our meeting was, you know, really looking at our search bar. And looking at navigation around Bubble because we're so heavy with like discovery and then kind of stock up and that experience as you're an existing user coming back to Bubble with that mm-hmm. repeat purchase and, and what that journey looks like and how different that is than the, the first experience when you're on Bubble. Um, you know, all of those Oh, things. yeah. I'm sure you have crazy volumes of user maps all across the platform. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. But, you know, so, so even internally, we're looking at, you know, our, our search bar. It's like, okay, well, do, are, do people even use that? Like, we, we think we need to fix this, but it's like, all right, what percentage of users are even using and navigating through search bar? Are they using top nav? Are they filtering once they're in collections? You know, all that kind of thing. So yeah, what you may think in your perfect world may not be what's actually going on and helpful, you know, to your, to your customer. Yeah, I love that. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Splendid Spoon. Treat yourself to healthy, nutritious, plant-based meals. At Splendid Spoon, they truly believe that plant-based eating is the single most effective tool that we all have to feel our best day in and day out. Their plans are designed to help us all create easy and healthy eating habits. And I'll tell you, I've been eating them for the last few weeks and my skin's better, I'm sleeping better, and I have more energy. Go to splendidspoon.com EMB to save $35 on your first Splendid delivery. And of course, follow them at Splendid Spoon on Facebook or Instagram for more meals and deals. 
Thanks for sticking with us. And if you are just tuning in, I am chatting with Jessica Young, who is the founder and CEO of Bubble or Bubble Goods. Um, we were talking a little bit about the brand, but share with us the story behind the name. I think it's such a cute, clever name. Um, and when uh, when we first connected, I was like, I love the concept behind this. So share with our audience where Bubble came from. Yeah, um, we, well, I shouldn't even say we, I at the time, <laughs> it's just myself and an idea in a room, Royal we. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, went out on a, on a limb to start a platform for a, a big white space that I saw within the, the food world, you know, obviously the health food space online. And when thinking about the platform, I wanted to build, which turned into we um, pinged a group of friends and I'm like, okay, what well, I'm building over here is something that's going to bring hopefully like some true transparency to the food world, you know, around who's making the food, what's in the food with the clean label standard. Um, and, you know, we, I, I think I sent out a survey to friends and family with a, a list of words that match that definition, right? Like wall, mm -hmm. moat, bubble, all these things that were kind of keeping what we were building in the food world a bit protected. There were standards mm -hmm. involved. There was something, uh, but, but also like transparent. So bubble was the word that stuck. Um, it was something that friends and family said that they could remember. It was easy. It was short and it kind of matched all the brand values we were, were looking to, you know. So to awesome. And I love that you basically, <laughs> not you basically, you did, you crowdsourced uh, what your audience, who you believe was your immediate friends and family, really felt about that name. I think it's a really smart approach and one that we suggest with a lot of our newer baby brands. Again, it's about datifying, quantifying the response instead of just the I thinks, I feels, which can, which are so subjective and can get you in that, that loop of uh, analysis paralysis. I love that you're so data focused, even in the creative process. It's like music to my ears. What was your background that you decided to build this platform? Yeah, I mean, it's great. We even in our job listings at Bubble, we say that our team, ourselves, we're as creative as we are analytical. Um, <laughs> say the same thing. We call it yeah. the center, center brained, yeah, uh, yeah. inspired by creativity, but driven by data. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Work smarter, not harder. Well, work hard, but you yeah, know. <laughs> don't run around in circles if you don't yeah. need to. <laughs> yeah, just don't be dumb. Get out of my way. Don't be dumb. If you, yeah. I always tell people, if you have to, if you have to Google it and you're asking me the question, you're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Google University. Google yeah, University. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, uh, my background, um, I before launching Bubble led product and operations at Daily Harvest, which is a frozen direct to consumer company. Um, I was the first employee there. Um, you know, built a lot of systems and product from the ground up. It was an am amazing journey. It was very bittersweet to leave Daily Harvest to launch Bubble, but again, saw a huge white space in what we did at Daily Harvest and building that brand, that narrative, those products, and, and going direct to consumer. You know, I, I wanted to bring more of that to that end consumer, but saw, you know, all of these products, not understanding the online space, struggling on Amazon, trying to get into Whole Foods, which we all know since the Amazon acquisition isn't the same experience mm -hmm. or, you know, holding the same standards. Um, so again, matching like the consumer end piece with this like huge, innovative, booming industry within health food. Um you know, decided to make that leap before Daily Harvest. Um, I, you know, way back in the day, my um, my skill set is in culinary. So I moved to wow. New York at the age of sense. twenty. 
to go to culinary school, um, worked in different high-end kitchens, uh, really passionate about food, um, quality systems. Um, and then I got a, uh, you know, little itch that I had to scratch, which was seeing the startup scene in New York start to boom. I saw the meal kit industry and what early HelloFresh and Blue Apron doing online as a bit historic. And I wanted to be a part of that. Um, and so I snuck in the back door at a, a small meal kit company to run operations. Um, and from there, I was introduced by someone at HelloFresh to Rachel, who was founding Daily Harvest, mm-hmm. um, with the guise of, she needs a you. And I'm like, okay, well, what is that? <laughs> He's like, well, someone who has any type of direct-to-consumer experience, which is not too many people at that time. So I definitely right. lucked out in terms of timing with the employee pool. Um, and also someone who understands food and like the, the end consumer. Um, yeah. So I thought I could add a lot of value. Uh, Rachel did too, took a chance on me as a super young um, you know, kid in the industry. And yeah, the rest is history there. That's so amazing. I, I didn't realize you had such a strong food background. I, mm-hmm. I was in the same world on the East Coast as well because I did my JD MBA out there. And I always tell people like once you get into the, the restaurant and food industry, you either totally fall in love with it and can't imagine not servicing it in some way or you go running for the hills. And I totally fell in love with it. Also, obviously, we service more on the marketing side, but I, I just find it to be such a passion driven industry. But to your point, there is there's so much process to it. And there's something really sexy about that, I find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be super passionate. And I was at a crossroads. I, I was either going to kind of level up and do the Michelin Europe sure. trail yep. and, and go, uh, you know, but I, I didn't necessarily see myself in a kitchen my whole life. I, mm-hmm. you know, I think some people know that they want to be a restaurateur or open up a restaurant. I never really had that. I was passionate about food, but when this industry boom, I was like, oh, that, you know, and then that, that kind of light bulb went off when I was uh, grinding it out, <laughs> shipping out lots and lots of boxes. Yeah. Um, well, let's be honest, carriers. that industry, I mean, the, just be on, being on your feet like that all day, every day, it's rough stuff. It's, um, it's a really physically challenging job. And so that was why I decided to go onto the service side in a different way. Um, and it sounds like you had a very similar path. I also want to talk a little bit, because I know you fundraised. Before we get into the fundraising side of it, uh, now that you've been in it for a few years, what is like the biggest, what are the biggest lessons, one or two lessons you've learned along the way? We talked about perfectionism. Obviously, that's one that comes up quite a bit. Anything unique to your journey that you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah, I mean, learning less. I mean, I feel like I learn something every day, which I'm lucky to have to say. Um, you know, I feel like some things I've learned personally regarding, well, specifically fundraising, just on that note, um, some people that I thought would really want to be involved in this business back me, you know, I kind of had a track record with, didn't end up coming on board. Mm. It, not entirely, but, you know, it was surprising that, you know, but through those connections, other doors, you know, we've built our investor community, which was very masked for me. I did not understand that entire world as obviously as much as I do now, um, launching bubble where I kind of thought I did. So it was really interesting to see like who actually has gotten, you know, involved in the business and it ended up being people that, you know, you tell them the pitch, what the mission is, what you're doing. And if they were basically instantly, (laughs) 
uh, excited and wanted to get involved, they ended up investing, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, at that early stage, you're selling the dream, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, even being further along, the, you know, as we are now. So it was just interesting to see that all play, you know, play back um, in my head. So <laughs> um, yeah, another lesson, um, you know, p- people. Uh, that's not even a lesson I, I learned at Bubble. People are everything. Yeah. Um, people that work with you, um, people that you get feedback from, your customers, that's what makes anything. So, you know, um, we're constantly on the look for amazing talent. We value our customer feedback. We value the brand community and are always in touch and try to do a lot of education or get on Zoom calls, even through the pandemic, to understand what what, what they're going through. Again, that kind of qualitative, quantitative play. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, pe- people are everything um, on I and couldn't agree more. <laughs> Yeah, I could not agree more. Couldn't run, couldn't run my agency, couldn't live my life without people. Uh, frustrating at times, of course, but that's why you surround yourself with really good people, hire fire quickly, you know, really understand what the needs are of the roles and responsibilities that you're hiring for specifically. And it sounds like you've done a really great job at that. Um, we're going to take another quick break. We'll be right back. Who says you've got to be big to get things done? We know that size matters in some things, but in other things like marketing, a small and scrappy team like Elevate My Brand can really take your brand to the next level. Our job is to create visibility so you can create profitability. Give us a call today and let's schmooze. All right, chatting with Jessica Young, CEO and founder of Bubble. Um, so what is the core mission from a food perspective and why was it because of your culinary background or was, you know, a lot of times when people launch brands like this or launch companies like this that are focused on health and wellness, uh, you know, non GMO organics, there is some sort of health story within that. Is there one for you or was it really just focused on your, your food background? Yeah, th- that's actually a good point. You know, I think in health and wellness, you could hear that founder story a lot, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, oh, I started this gluten-free bread company because, you know, one day I was feeling sick. I got a food allergy test or so I had celiac and boom, I started this (laughs) gluten-free bread and I was really into it because I, you know, had to find the best recipe. So I don't necessarily have a story like that um, in terms of like a a diet or like wellness perspective, uh, even though that's what our focus is. Um, For me, it's really about quality of food. So Mm I, you know, it's cool when you visit Bubble, if you're paleo, vegan, gluten-free, nothing at all, you just want to explore all these amazing foods. For us, it's all about, you know, foods that are rooted in quality, actual people um, that are making these foods and can distribute it in a more cost-effective way. Um, You know, brands that sell on Bubble, we take a flat commission, but there's no distributor involved. You know, the the typical supply chain for a, a food brand to then sell into a grocery store um, there's a lot of middlemen. Um, you know, if you, and you pay for it, that's for and sure. You pay for that. Yeah. yeah. You're dealing with buyback clauses. So even if you're selling a new grocery store, your distributor wants a 50% margin there to take on volume. It sits in a warehouse. You're also then needing to add things to your food products to right, last <laughs> within yeah. that supply chain with spoilage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it sits in the grocery store. And typically if you don't, if your product doesn't sell, there are buyback clauses. You have to buy back your own expired food. Um, that you just packed with like probably preservatives to like last that entire time. So when, again, like I I became part of this industry, it was, it's always been about quality. Daily Harvest is a vegan food company. 
I'm not vegan. I've definitely dabbled. I ran a vegan pop-up restaurant. Like I'm really passionate about plant-based foods, but again, it's, it's really about quality food systems. What's, what's going on behind the scenes. Um, and so that's really what drives me and the team at Bubble is bringing quality to the forefront. Um, our mission is really about an independent food system driving the future of food, not necessarily like big conglomerate, um, you know, group groups of food uh, chains. So that's- I hope that's, that's true. I really do. Yeah. And I, I do think that we're seeing more of that now. I think the big guys are getting a little less market share uh, just, you know, one year at a time, which is really great. And, and again, I think this pandemic allowed people to do more discovery and research and find new products and brands. A lot of that was due to platforms like yours. Do you think that that is going to continue in terms of a trend or what other trends are you seeing in, uh, in, in the F&B CPG space? We do. Um, you know, we intend to pull market share based on you know consumers being more educated than ever, caring about what their, where their food comes mm-hmm. from, um, wanting to shop this way. We don't think it's, we, we hope, we, we don't think it's a trend. It's you're really putting great. a pretty big bet on it. <laughs> you really hope. Yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we're betting that, you know, things kind of go back to the way they were, but with some technology applied for like the modern consumer. Um, I'm building for myself at the end of the day. I'm the person who, you know, if I want a pack of Oreos, I'm going to walk down to a 7-Eleven, but, you know, 80% of my diet and what's in my kitchen, if not 90, is, you know, independent brands, things that I'm going to my local green market for. I'm finding and being targeted by all these cool brands online that I want to support. Um, I'm really into what's in those foods. And, and that's really like what we're building that platform for. You can get all these foods that aren't, you know, just at your green market, um, you know, shipped to you. Uh, and they're from makers across the country. Yeah, I think that it's there's something because it's not whole, it's 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 homegrown in a sense, but it's not um, like that farmer's market concept. Like you were saying, these are in production, these are polished products, um, but the discovery piece I think is so critical and important. Um, and I think people are just sick of these huge companies coming in and putting sh- tons of sugar, salt, preservatives, all this crap. I mean, this is why America is so fucking fat. Let's be honest, right? Yeah. Like, this yeah. is why we're a gross country. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, we get we get the question all the time, like, well, what about Amazon? Aren't these products all just going to sell on Amazon or their own site? It's like mm. they are selling on their own site. Well, they're trying to. And, you know, their acquisition metrics are upside down for e-commerce. Totally. And, they, you know, Amazon is like selling like anywhere on the Internet. It's a giant ocean. So we always like to say we're trying to build like the Mediterranean, a very curated experience. <laughs> you know what you're going to get? We're not like dealing with Boiling the Pacific the ocean. ocean here. Yeah. yeah oh my God, I love very... that metaphor. That's so, I might steal that one from you. <laughs> All good. Yeah. We're building a very curated experience over here where um, you're not dealing with riffraff, right? Like if you're buying beauty, like Chanel perfume, you're not shopping on Amazon. You're going to Sephora. You're going to Ulta. If you're looking for quality health food, you're going to be shopping on Bubble, um, not Amazon. Totally. Um, in terms of health food trends, is there anything that you're seeing ahead of the curve that, um, you know, I as a as a local, you know, one off consumer might not be seeing? I would love to hear what you think the future of food's going to look like. Yeah, we're actually uh, publishing our 2022 food uh, trends next week, so I'll have to send that over your way. But yeah, we have a ton of cool things. I mean, we're obviously at the forefront of this entire industry. So um, we see things that are trending over a few years and then there's always like a take on it. So I would say like mushrooms have been on trend, but the applications and it's sort of like when a trend hits, what starts to happen? Like obviously CBD has been trending for the past few years, but applications of CBD 
CBD change, right? Um, we're seeing that with shrooms. Um, so we have like a really cool section called the Shroom Boom in this year's, <laughs> um, you know, list. Uh, so you have to check that out. I'll just like leave a teaser here. Um, we have a lot happening with eco packaging, sustainably mm-hmm. packaged foods. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a really cool spice brand called Akko, which uh, sells spice packets. So instead of your spices coming in a big jar, maybe you don't use it, and you get to the bottom of your spice jar, and it's all aerated, and your cayenne is Colors not red anymore. Yeah, totally. yeah, it's like a, it's like a moth. Off, off. <laughs> <laughs> off color. Yeah. Um, they have these like eco pods. So every time you're using those spices, kind of like an espresso pod in a way, but like cool. eco package and in a sleeve, it's always fresh. Um, but it's eco packaged and it's a really cool application. Um, so we have a section on that. Um, we have a, we're seeing a lot of broths in different applications. So like all veggie bone broth, but things that are powdered for like more on the go Mm. or integrated. So putting that within your recipes, um, among others. So I'll just leave you with that, but um, we have some other things that are all day. I love this conversation and I love what you're doing in the space. In the last few minutes that we have left, I want to, um, shift the focus to you, uh, personally and ask some weird and wonderful questions. So this is whatever comes into your, into your head, quick fire. Um, what is the one product you could not live without during COVID and you can't say anything that's on your platform? Oh, okay. Not, um, it's not yet, but we're actually bringing some on from a different brand, but I would say turkey tendons. I, (laughs) this is a weird one. That's gotta be the strangest one I've ever heard. Okay. (laughs) Tell me, tell me why I need to be buying turkey tendons. Well, if you have four-legged friends, I acquired Ah. two. Two puppies over quarantine, like yeah. many people, yeah. and uh, over Zoom calls and getting bubble off the ground, those came in handy many times. You're hilarious. <laughs> that's that's got to be the oddest one I've, I've uh, ever heard, and I love it for that. I have a uh, pack right next to me, and <laughs> I, it really helped. So anyone out there with dogs working from home, turkey tendons, all, all the rage. We have some actually launching on Bubble, which is a collection we put up over quarantine, um, and the, as soon as we launched, it, it was 2% of sales the first quarter that Whoa. we launched it, which was crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I know uh, you have a whole pet section. That's so cool. We do. Yeah. It's brand new. Um, definitely check that out. All right. We're going to keep going with quick fire. Um, what is the, um, your cocktail of choice, beer, wine, cocktail, or any other vice if that's your go-to, uh, to wind down after a day? Oh, wine down. Um, I, I love wine, but I would say uh, in the summer, I love a spicy margarita, like warm months. In the winter, I love a rye Manhattan. Of course, again, leave it to the foodie to break it down seasonally. I feel that <laughs> so much. I feel so seen right now. I can't even tell you. Um, and the, the last question is, what's your favorite word and why? Um, this could be something that has had meaning to you over time or something that just pops into your head for today's conversation. Oh. I know it's a stumper. It gets a lot of people. <laughs> I'm so horrible with like language in general. My favorite word? Or something that just pops in here. What's the first word that popped into your head when we said that? Super califragilistic expialidocious. I don't know why. Jessica, you're Mary Poppins. You're Mary so Poppins funny. popped in. I'm like, what? <sighs> That's Hilarious. a great word. I don't even know if that's a real word, but you know, there we go. <laughs> I would guess it's probably in the English dictionary at this point. I think Mary Poppins is uh, part of the lexicon of history. Um, I love that. And I love you. I love this conversation. This has been so much fun <laughs> chatting with you. Any final words of wisdom for our audience? Um, and of course, share the platform URL. 
Yeah, we uh, you can find us at bubblegoods.com uh, or at bubblegoods on Insta or TikTok. We have a really happening TikTok. We just got verified. Um, and I personally am at Jess Young Food on Instagram. I don't really post as much as I used to. Um, but, you know, final words of wisdom. I mean, if you're in the food industry and you know quality food, hopefully you have a brand that you'd like to bring to market. Think of Bubble. Um, and if you're into quality health food, you know, let us know. We love to send surprise shipments to people that are fangirls and boys. So, um, you know, hit us up, tag us. Yeah. I love it. Jessica, thank you so much for your time today. This is a really fun conversation. Thanks for having me. And thanks to everyone who tuned in. Stay tuned for more from Elevate Your Brand coming up next. Mm-hmm.